365. The fantasy season never dies. Welcome to Every Day is Draft Day. Presented by Champions Round. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the latest edition of Every Day is Draft Day. Today we're doing some hot takes and pancakes with our friends Jeff and Jason. So we're missing a J today, but two J's will have to suffice. <laughs> What's going on, guys? What is going on? Hey, Dan, we are almost near the end of August, which means September is right around the corner, which means week one is right around the corner. And I'm looking forward to that. Absolutely. It's officially and finally home redraft league week in in fantasy football. Everyone's doing their home league. So we're going to make these these takes extra hot uh, this week for, uh, for everyone doing their home league. So uh, who wants to start today? Well, let's start with Jeff today. Ooh. Jeff, what's your first hot take? Oh, man, we're going to get right into it, guys. I don't know if you saw the preseason game with Baltimore against the Cardinals, but Isaiah Likely, the tight end rookie that was not even the first tight end that they drafted because they drafted Charlie Kolar, but Isaiah Likely had eight catches for 100 yards and a touchdown against Arizona in only 15 snaps. So my hot take is that he's going he's gonna to be in the top three in receptions for the Ravens this year. A lot of people are saying, what's their situation at receiver? They've got Bateman, and then who? Well, here's your answer. It's likely. It's likely, likely. <laughs> he's a guy who's, uh, what is he, 6'4", 240. I mean, he's kind of smallish for a tight end. He plays more like a receiver. And in that, uh, so far, in that game, as well as the preseason, he has lined up in the slot 21 out of his 29 uh, routes run. So he is likely looking as someone who could be a, a a permanent fixture, not necessarily in the 12 personnel, because I think he'll line up as a receiver. And I think that he is going to be used quite often as someone who could be a, a, a huge mismatch for opposing linebackers and safeties. So likely top three in receptions this year for the Ravens. Dan, what do you think about that? I know that you scattered him pretty heavily leading up to the draft. You, did you see him in Birmingham? Yeah, or in uh, Mobile? Sorry, in Mobile. Yeah, yeah. That this take will make Steph very happy. He's uh, <laughs> he's one of her dads uh, from the Senior Bowl. But I, I mean, I agree. I mean, looking at the Ravens, you know, depth chart receiver and tight end. Once you get past, uh, you know, Mark Andrews and then Rashad Bateman, you have Devin Duvernay, James Proche, yeah. like who do you Tyler have? Wallace, like it's 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 a bunch of guys that are just guys. So I mean. I, Likely has, you know, shown incredible, you know, catching ability, much better than what he showed at the Senior Bowl, honestly, because I, I came away from the Senior Bowl, you know, a little disappointed. I expected a little more, but, you know, he's coming in the preseason and really, you know, crushed it uh, for the Ravens. So, I, like you said, like he doesn't have to be 12 personnel. They'll probably put him in the slot because they don't really have a slot receiver worth a damn right now. Um, so I really, I, I mean, I expect him to be part of the game plan. I think he's forced himself into into their, you know, week-to-week game plan uh, at at receiver, I expect him to get a, a lot of targets, and I could definitely see him as a top three uh, uh, target leader for for the Ravens because they don't really have someone at number three that could really like. The, someone has to fill that. Someone role. has to fill. A, someone has to take that job. Yeah, so it might as well be him. Right, Andrews Bateman, and then Question likely. I'm, I mean, I'm not ready to put him ahead of Bateman. I'm not, but no. shoot, I mean, he looked fantastic. Yeah. Uh, is there any is there any concern on your end about? just tight end rookie tight ends in general, like just even if they, how they look in preseason, whatever, it's just like, there's not a whole lot of them that have really produced at a high level to be like a top three receiver. Yeah. On a team. I mean, Evan, Ingram had, 
Evan Ingram had a really good, strong rookie year as a tight end. Of course, last year we saw Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts and, uh, and uh, Pat Fryermuth had a decent yep. rookie year last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that Travis Kelsey would have had a good rookie year if it wasn't for that knee injury that kind of st- stunted his uh, initial start. But, I mean, yeah, it's possible. But here's the thing. He's not going to play tight end, most likely. He'll play receiver, line up in that slot role, and just uh, take advantage of mismatches, man. I, that's I can totally see that happening, especially yeah. with Baltimore and the way that they just kind of like surprise people with their play calling and their and just their their a success that they have on offense. Uh, yeah, I, I'm in. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think like you, with rookie tight ends, that's a valid point. Jason, but, but to Jeff's point, I think it'll be asked to do a lot more receiving than focusing on blocking, which I think is one of the reasons why tight ends take a little while to develop. They have to focus on both the receiving and blocking schemes for their respective teams. If they just focus likely in the slot or like as a big target outside and he just focuses on that for most of the year, I can see him kind of not, you know, I don't think he's going to get to obviously a Kyle Pitts level uh, for rookie tight ends, but there's definitely a possibility in, uh, where he can get to that, you know, top three in targets for the Ravens, uh, which again, the number three is is wide open because there's just a bunch of guys fighting for that spot. So I think that, you know, Lamar Jackson likes, you know, the middle of the field, he likes the Mark Andrews, if likely can run those team routes and run those, those kinds of routes. Uh, he'll, he'll be targeted often and continues to show what he's shown in preseason with how reliable his hands have been. There's no reason for him not to be able to get to that target. So, Jeff, if he's the third wide receiver or third pass catcher on the Ravens, do you think that he's at all draftable? Like, where would you have him in terms of tight end overall rankings this year? I think he's definitely draftable if you have Mark Andrews already on your roster. Uh, as, as The tight end like handcuff. A, as like Never a signing handcuff. <laughs> um, if you're looking for like a just a, 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 a late stash, you know, one of your last picks of uh, of the draft, although he's starting to gain some steam. And usually when that happens, if there's more than one person interested, you're not going to get him as your last pick. So you kind of have to just kind of look at the room and see what you're who you're drafting with to know, hey, can I grab this guy? Um, but yeah, I would say that uh, like after all the top tight ends go and uh, maybe you go through 2024, 20, perhaps like right around that time, if not a little bit before. So, I mean, obviously he's your tight end two or tight end three, uh, most likely a three, but, and it would, you'd also have to have a fairly deep uh, roster, you know, like 18, 20, 20 rounds worth, you know, a deeper league. You're not doing this in home leagues then. You're doing this in in bigger leagues. Uh, If your home league is is bigger or deeper then yes. But, uh, I just think that the drum beat is starting to really kind of pound a little bit for him. And usually when there's smoke, there's fire. All right. So let me, we'll close off this point with one other thing. So I'm looking at Dan's rankings, which are going to be available as a bonus to his amazing draft guide that you can go download right now. Go to our Twitter. Um, it's uh, our design team and Dan did an absolutely awesome job for anybody out there that's watching. And you haven't looked at it yet. Please go download it. It's awesome. But I have your rankings right here in front of me. So why don't you tell me where you would slot in our guy likely? All right. Uh, who do you have? Who do you have ranked at 22 right now or 20? He 20, has. So tw- I, I got it right here. So yeah, 20 is Tanyan, 21 is Hooper, 22 is Logan Thomas. I mean, honestly, it just depends. If, if you've got Andrews, I would put him up around that point. 
If you don't and you're looking just to kind of find a stash and a, a hidden gem, I would say like after after those after after Hooper, maybe that seems I mean, seems legit. Like when like Hooper or Evan Ingram or who was the other one that you mentioned, Logan Thomas, or whenever they're mentioned, whenever they're selected in a draft, I would start to think about okay, now's the time to get Isaiah Likely. Yeah, I you have uh Gerald Everett at 23, Noah Fan at 24, and then Tommy Tremble at 25. I would probably slot him in between 24 and 25. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to put him between Fan and Tremble. Right after Fan is like a perfect spot to where he's going right now. You know, if he continues to improve, he'll probably move up you know, the, uh, the rankings, but right now that I'd probably put him there as well. I mean, we'll know a lot after week one, of course, uh, which is too late for fantasy purposes, but we'll see how <laughs> many, um, what percentage of snaps he has and how right. he's used. Mm-hmm. Probably not but, a lot because they're playing the jets. And they're going to be up by 30. So they're just going <laughs> to run the ball. Why they need to put him on the field. <laughs> Unless he has like 56 yards and a touchdown in the first half. Hey, could no, be a good wa- waiver target after week one. Yeah. Good. Yeah, there you go. Preemptive pick. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Jason, what's your first uh, hot take of the day? All right, well, this is going to be great and spicy for you, Dan. I, I curated oh, this Uh-oh. just specifically oh, no. for you. It's a, oh, it's, no. a beautiful, it's a beautiful charcuterie board just made just for you. <laughs> Ooh, um, charcuterie board. Okay. I actually think that you're going to love this one. All right. Kareem Hunt's getting traded to the Eagles for Jalen Rager in a fifth-round pick. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. that would that would put some fly in the ointment on the Kenny Gainwell uh, fans and truthers, that's for sure. If Kareem Hunt comes to the Eagles, Kenny Gainwell ceases to exist. So does Miles Sanders. So does Boston Scott. They're all gone. Just don't I, bother with any of them. It's the Kareem Hunt show if he gets traded here. It, it is August 24th. I would bet that this trade goes down by August 29th. Wow. Jalen Rager and a fifth. That's the deal. I love, by Monday. All right. That's I mean, hot, man. That's... I, I, that is that is super hot. I love it. I mean, as as a fan, if we can get Hunt, like Hunt is the perfect back for the kind of system that Nick Sirianni wants to run. I mean, Miles Sanders is talented, but for whatever reason, whether it's health or you know, he just he isn't getting the opportunities that in, in Philly. So I think it, uh, a change is needed. And with the amount of talent we've acquired on both sides of the ball this this offseason, if we're to add Hunt on top of like AJ Brown and you know, Pascal and Devontae Smith developing, I would be like just sign me up for the Super Over Bowl. Over the moon? Like, yeah, just like Super Bowl of Russ at that point, honestly, uh, for, <laughs> for, for, the, for this team. But but I, I mean, I love it. Rager in a fifth, get Rager out of here. He's a bum. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, no, and, he's a great player, Cleveland. I'm sorry. He's a great player. You should <laughs> definitely Cleveland, take him. Cleveland First basically round has – Cleveland basically has no need for Kareem Hunt at this point. They have Dearness Johnson. They have Nick Chubb. They want to get rid of that salary. They and might as well get some, yeah, yeah, they might as well get something for him when they can. And you're dealing with a situation where does anyone really trust DPJ or David Bell or Anthony Schwartz? Like Rager may be obviously he's a reclamation project, but he's probably more talented than a lot of the guys that they have in the building outside of Amari Cooper. Um, and he, you know, he might end up developing a nice rapport with Deshaun Watson. When he comes back, I would take the flyer on Rager, despite the fact that I, I'm like the most anti-Rager person ever. <laughs> but he's still a first-round pick. He's only been in the league for a couple of years. I think there's a chance that you could uh, do something with him. And I don't know. I think it's worth a shot for both teams. And get a fifth on top of it. Yeah. I, I see no reason not to do it for both sides. Yeah. The bigger question for Cleveland is, do you think that they're going to end up trading for another quarterback, or are they just going to ride this out with Brissett until Watson's back? 
I think they're right out with Brissett. I mean, I don't see like what what would trading more more capital and for another quarterback do? Like, is anyone that's going to be currently available for a reasonable price going to be doing that much better than Jacoby Brissett, where it's worth the cost? I don't. I just don't see that. I had a, I had a really spicy one when I was watching the Falcons Jets game on uh, Monday night. So obviously Mariota played great, and then Desmond Ritter came in and he played really well. Stop I'm, it! Stop it! <laughs> I'm wondering, you know, what the, the, if the Fal- if the Falcons were committing to Ritter, if they would if the Browns trade for Mariota, how much would it take to get Mariota? A fourth? I don't know about that. It's, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, we're already talking about training camp being over. There's no opportunity. Oh, it's for... never going to happen. I just had a stupid thought in my head. I was yeah. like, oh, this oh, okay. would be kind of fun. Because Marriott is way better than Brissett is. He would be really interesting in that offense. I think that Stefanski could do some really good things with him. Yeah. And he, he, so, and the, the Brown schedule is really interesting because it's so front-loaded, or back-loaded, excuse me. They have a really easy schedule. It's like the sixth easiest in the NFL. But as soon as Deshaun comes back after that Texans game, the entire schedule goes to shit. So he's going to be rusty, and like they're going to be playing monster teams. They have to be really, really competitive really early on. And I don't know how they're going to be able to do that with Brissett. Brissett's fine as a backup and maybe to spot start for a game or two, but to start 11 games, I don't know. If they think they're making the playoffs this year, I don't think you're doing it with Brissett. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs either. And and Brissett is one of the reasons why I'm thinking that that's not going to happen. But also, I mean, you got the Ravens, the Bengals in that division already. I'm not really counting out the Steelers, but I'm sort of counting out the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. But I'm I... not, but I mean. Wait, 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 wait. So on the uh, Gambling with Gold podcast that we did for the uh, AFC North yesterday, we went through the whole thing on the Steelers. I did basically did like a blind resume thing. If you take out Tomlin and forget that it's the Steelers and we just say, okay, you have the worst offensive line in football. You have the fourth hardest schedule in football and your two quarterbacks, basically a rookie who maybe isn't that good. And Mitch Trubisky, how many wins do you think that they're going to have over under seven and a half? I think that everyone across the board would say under, and then you remember that it's the Steelers and Mike Tomlin and everyone's like, I'm too scared to take that under. I am too. But like mm. blind resume wise, this is like a five or six win team. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why it's it's uh, it's kind of a, a double edged sword, kind of looking at the Steelers season. Which way yeah. is it going to go? What about Cleveland trading Kareem Hunt to the Falcons for Mariota? They do need a running back. <laughs> I think the Browns uh, would have to give more on top. Of, uh, yeah, they would, but like the the the. the the, main well, I, the the problem for the Falcons is like, what what's the benefit? Like they don't need Kareem Hunt; oh, they're no. not going to resign him for the end of the year. So like the Eagles, I get it. Like they think that they can potentially make a Super Bowl this year. They want to win the NFC East. Go right. out and get a Kareem Hunt. Atlanta's yeah. just like this. Oh, is no, I want a Kareem Hunt. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I want Kareem Hunt. No, I know. <laughs> I'm just saying from like the Falcon from the Falcons' point of view, it's like, why? Like our whole point this year is just to see if we have a quarterback, whether it's Mariota or Ritter. Yeah. Everything else that's is just a bonus. So like. I don't yeah. know. They'd have to get a lot back. Yeah. yeah. All right. So uh, what's yours? Speaking, speaking of the Browns, I'm going to piggyback off the uh, the Browns talk. Hey, hold on a second before you go. Holding. If if Kareem Hunt does go to Philadelphia, where does where does he rank now as a fantasy running back? Is is he someone that you take in the second round, third round? 
if Hunt goes to Philly, mm-hmm. he is a third round running back for me. I would put him at. I'm looking at Dan's list right now. I'd have him at RB15 in between Javante and Leonard Fournette. Would you Would you take him over, say, Zeke Elliott? Yes. Yes. Travis Etienne. Mm, right. Yes. I basically I basically put him in the exact same spot. Okay. Close. Okay. So kind of after maybe like the the uh, the first and second round running backs go, kind of early third. Yeah, I mean, Dan's list has DeAndre Swift below there. I would probably put Swift a hair above, but I would put him above. I put him above J.K. Dobbins. I put him above Josh Jacobs, A.J. Dillon, yeah. Brees Hall. Oh, that's another pseudo hot take. I think Brees Hall is going to be fucking terrible this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's not really a pseudo hot take. That's just a hot take. He did absolutely nothing in that preseason game. He he did worse that offensive nothing. line fucking stinks. Like, the Jets' offense still might be terrible. <laughs> That's a problem. That's a yeah. freaking problem. A lot uh-huh. of people uh, were, were uh, not too high on Priest Hall as, as someone that could come in and, and be a, a factor. And, and he was on a lot of bus lists that I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I love that's, it. That's I, you know, I want to I join that list. Priest Hall, <laughs> bust. It has nothing to do with Priest Hall. It's just I don't trust that Jets offensive line. The, the, collective, the collective groan when he was drafted by the Jets in fantasy was yeah. just like audible. That was well, like was when like, when uh, ETN was drafted by the Jaguars yeah, when they uh-huh. still had Robinson. Right. That was. Well, wasn't uh, the Brees Hall thing kind of like a double edged sword? Because it was like, yeah, it's the fucking Jets are probably going to ruin him, but like also he's going to come in as a day one starter. Yeah, I mean, it, it was like the competing forces, like which one's better, but it's still, the Jets are yeah. running out. Because the Jets are still the Jets, the Jets. <laughs> right? I mean, uh, he's he's made some great plays in pre or not preseason, but in like scrimmages practice it's practice right so i think there's still something there but eh, it may not be as consistent as we think and therefore there's doubt whenever anyone says that they made a great play in practice immediately my brain thinks of that one-handed catch toe tap that jalen rager made in the preseason <laughs> last year and everybody everybody Everyone's lost like, their collective we're shit back on the board he's, he's so back oh, there's a reason they drafted him over Justin Tucker, and then he fucking sunk again so i i don't care that much for amazing plays or practice it's practice yeah Practice means nothing in the grand scheme of things. All right, Dan, um, what's your hot take? We held okay. long enough. <laughs> so uh, sticking with the Browns, I'm going to go ahead and say that David Njoku will be a top 15 tight end with the, with the potential to be a top eight tight end. I think that year. I had this. I think I had this exact hot take like 14 weeks ago. And really? I'm, full, <laughs> I'm fully bought in. I love there it. There we go. Yeah. Yeah, I have him at uh, – tight end 15 in my rankings, but I think, you know, with, with Brissett and basically Mark, Mark Cooper being the only legitimate wide receiver they have, if they don't trade for another one, I think that uh, Brissett's going to target Njoku a ton. Uh, and, you know, he already had a, a top, a top 10 uh, TE season. So it's not like it's outside the realm of possibility with like, uh, with some, some of these other tight ends. So I really think that with the offense, the way it is now, uh, Njoku will get enough uh, targets to get, to get to that, uh, point and, you know he was eighth in yards per route run uh last year so uh you know it's it's, it's possible i'm not saying it's 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 actually you know i, I am saying it's likely i am saying it's like yes i'm gonna i'm but gonna I throw think... some uh, some cold water on your hot take no don't do that no, yeah, no, 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 no. david and joku is the is the perfect example of the guy that you want walking off the bus for the first time for the opponent to see and be like look who we have to play against right he's an adonis i get it but he's only had more than 40 catches once in his career. 
he's had a window of opportunity to showcase what he can do, and he just hasn't done it. What makes you think he's going to do it again with Jacoby Brissett as his quarterback? I, I, I'm just, I, I'm not in. I'm out. No yeah. Austin Hooper. That's why. So Austin Hooper's yes. gone. He's a tight end. He has no competition for tight end this year. There's no one else on the roster to throw to, really. It's, it's I, all about opportunity. I don't even Jeff's think he makes top, top 20. Go for it. Jeff's entire point about walking off the bus reminds me of the line from draft day. He <laughs> looks looks like Tarzan, plays like Jane. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. I like that. David, David Joku. Um, yeah. I'm, screw it. I'm all the way in. I don't even care if it's with Brissett. He's going to be their number two pass catcher this year. There are going to be some yeah. opportunities. Uh, we'll see. Maybe he has yeah. 45 catches. I'll give you that. Yeah, and it, and yeah he's for 11 touchdowns. No, <laughs> that won't happen. But, but, you know, in 2019, he started, what, one game for them? In 2020, he didn't start all, all – like, you know, he says he hasn't started a full season. That's what why does he that tell you? That's because he gets hurt. I'm not saying he doesn't get hurt, but we can't predict injury <laughs> no. here. Apparently. How's he going to be top 10? I, I predicted injury hurt. before on this or show, and I got yelled at, so we can't do that anymore. <laughs> so, you know, uh, you know, fully healthy, he, he's going to get – the, the targets there, there's not like the All same right. basically the same boat as the ravens they, they, like after cooper what what, what are you going to do uh, it makes it? sense from a from a depth chart point standpoint here but i mean let's let's table this for later at the end of the year or in december when we're like hmm, this is who i missed out on yeah i don't i don't i don't see it i don't buy it he's had his opportunity to do something in the league and has failed with multiple quarterbacks much better than Jacoby Brissett. So I'm, I told you I'm out. I don't want to joke. In response, I'm going to push him up my rankings just for you, Jeff. He's no no longer. (laughs) Does he go ahead of Colt Komet? Yes. What? God, yes. No way. I mean, I know you're a Colt Komet fan. I know you're a Colt Komet fan, but there's absolutely no way. No way, no way, no way, no way. Justin Fields is going to throw two touchdowns this year and get benched by week six. Get out of here with that. No, it, I mean, just because Fields Cole is Komet. benched doesn't mean Komet's not going to perform. No, 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 no. I don't like I mean, the Bears' offense to... either, but Komet is like one of three Abs- options. Absolutely not. No, man. Komet over Njoku by far. Not far. By, by far. Yes. What, what, what's your argument for, for Komet that you can't make for Njoku? Uh, games played. Let's see. Njoku, the last three seasons. Uh, okay, three... assuming health. Assuming uh, both okay. are assuming, healthy assuming and starting. Health. What's the argument for Komet over Njoku? Uh, he's he's a better tight end. Wrong. He's a, he's a better pass catcher. Wrong. Um, I think he's got more of an opportunity in front of him. The fact that Ow. we've already seen Njoku and what he can do tells me that that's pretty much what he can do. They're we haven't seen the best of what receiver can do yet. And a subpar quarterback. So huh? why is Komet so – they're both in the offense with one legit wide receiver yeah. and a subpar quarterback. What makes Komet so much better? Because Komet – still has the ability to do more. We know what Njoku has done, and that's not enough. Well, we don't know what Njoku has done. He hasn't played a full season. He's played five years in the NFL. And they just gave him the massive bag. Yeah. They just, they just paid Njoku. They're going to want to utilize him. He yeah, can't block because he can't fucking block. <laughs> he can't block. He played 15 games last year, had 36 catches. I mean that's that's not that's not enough for me, man. All right, we'll table and we'll see. I'm all that's in. The best part. <laughs> all right, no. Jeff. What's what's your second hot take? Oh boy! All right, we're gonna go to my second hot take. I think that Brian Robinson is going to outplay Antonio Gibson, and he earns the job mid-season. Um, oh, okay. 
So right now we're already concerned about hamstring issues with Gibson. He's had ball security issues, fumbling uh, in the preseason plus last year as well. We know that Brian Robinson has, has done a lot already in the preseason. He's shown that he can learn the playbook fairly quickly. I mean, at worst right now, I think we're looking at a 50-50 carry share between him and Gibson. And, I mean, they're both about the same size. I think that Robinson is going to get some goal line touches as well. But eventually, I, th- I think that Robinson, the Alabama product, is going to move ahead of him, and it could be by midseason. I think it'll be earlier. I said this on the <laughs> I said it on the uh, NFC East preview uh, last night with Dan Titus that I thought that Brian Robinson was going to end up being the starter by week four. Hmm. Uh, I think that Antonio Gibson, like he had 240 carries and then or 240 touches and then 300. I think he probably has 180 or less this year. I think he probably starts the season still as the number one back. But as soon as he fumbles once, I think Rivera's going to fucking yank him. I think it's done. And then once Brian Robinson gets in, I don't think that he's that different of a player. So he'll probably be, end up being the number one running back. Gibson will come in for third down, and he'll be heavily used in the passing game. And that's kind of where they'll be. So uh, 50-50 split in terms of touches, I, I have no doubts that that's probably going to happen this year. Robinson takes the job by week two. <laughs> oh, so we're all um, on this one. Um, green light. Hit the green light across the board. Okay. We yeah, Jeff, you actually had the least spicy take of all of us. On that. <laughs> right? That was an Arctic cold take. Yeah, that Everyone was. Uh, hates you guys, you guys threw some 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 uh, hotter water on my hot take. Yes, we turned up the heat on it. But no, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, all the reports in camp that you know, the it seems that the coaching staff is kind of losing faith a little bit in John Gibson and Brian Robinson is, is poised to take that job. So I mean, it's absolutely you know possible, if not likely, that you know, like like Jason said, as soon as you know Gibson messes up once, you know that that's it for him, and and Robinson's going to get that job. So I have I have a question to piggyback on Jeff's point about the commanders. Can anyone explain to me why the commanders are win total is eight this year and their odds to miss the playoffs are only minus one eighty five? I think that they may have the worst record in football. Um wow. I mean, especially with Chase Young also now being kind of a little iffy too, right? Um that, that's something that they weren't really expecting. Uh yeah, that's an excellent question. I have no idea. What's their strength of schedule? Do you do you so, know that, Chase? So- Yes, I do. They're the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL. However, however, they're in a division which everyone has an easy schedule. It's because they play each other. So the, Giant, <laughs> the Giants have the easiest, the Eagles have the second easiest, and the Dallas Cowboys have the tenth easiest. So Washington actually has the third hardest schedule in their own fucking division. Wow. Hey, here's, another thing. here's another thing for Washington, which kind of goes against – the strength of schedule thing. Let me read it off. I have my notes in front of me. Uh, they face four teams this season off of a mini buy, and they have three short week road games. None of those overlap. So there's seven games where they're either at a negative because of rest advantage, or they have to go on the road on a short week. So yes, they have an easy schedule against the opponents that are in front of them. But in terms of rest buys, all of that stuff, not exactly the easiest schedule in the world. The defense they didn't improve at all in the secondary, and they were fifth worst in DVOA against the pass last year. Chase Young is out. Ron Rivera, not really that inspiring as a head coach any longer, <laughs> uh, to say the least. You have Carson Wentz, and I'm pretty sure we all I know how everybody in here feels about Carson Wentz. The tight, like, tight end position, trash. I don't I think any of us believe in Logan Thomas. Outside of Terry McLaurin, does anyone really trust Jahan Dotson or Curtis Samuel here? They have issues at running back. I don't love their offensive line. 
what am I getting excited about for them to go eight and nine this season? That's, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me. It has to just be the strength of schedule then because there's nothing else, like you said, that warrants that kind of line at all. That's an excellent so. point. Excellent question. Looks like you did your research. You did the legwork. Now others can benefit. There oh, you go. I'm, I'm going to Vegas on Friday, so I will be smashing that bet. Perfect. Yes. <laughs> All right, Jason, what's your uh, second and uh, last hot take? I might have just kind of run through it with the, the commanders here, but All right. I, I'll go I'll go to my other one, which is uh, I'll stick in the NFC East. I have all the notes in here already just because I did the podcast, so I'm just going to reiterate whatever my spicy is. What kind of notes are. do you have? Is that like paper notes? What? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Look at that. Hey, well, hey, notebook. Hey. Woo. We take a picture of that. You can sell that. Oh, oh yeah. I, I got a full. This is my gambling notebook. <laughs> wow. No, this is my gambling notebook. That's awesome. Um, this is also a gambling notebook number seven. That should have, be like a I, podcast I've, title. I've kept all You're my right? gambling notebooks forever. So when I die, someone can bury me with all my bets. Wow. Um, all right. We're going to go. We're gonna, you know what, I'm just going to read off all of my Dallas bets because I am so out on the Cowboys this year. Okay. Dallas under 10 and a half wins. Dallas under 10 wins. Dallas to miss the playoffs plus 195. McCarthy first coach fired. There we go. Those are all right. McCarthy first coach fired is an interesting one. That's a juicy one, man. I like that okay. one. So Dallas Whoa. defensive. Do they play, defend- who's their first uh, couple games? I have no idea. <laughs> I'll look it up. You keep talking, guys. We'll skip that part. No, no, no. Dan's got me. So uh, the Bucks, uh, the Bengals, lost. Uh, the Giants. Win, oh, if probably. they lose to the Giants, Commanders, oh, Rams, and Eagles are the first six. They they can start two they and can, four. Easily. Yeah, they could, yeah, yeah, they could. Jera is not going to be too happy if they start two and four. McCarthy's fat ass is out of there. He's going to pack up <laughs> and drive his drive whatever truck he has back to his hundred acres in Green Bay and go study in that stupid lot he bought where he was doing bullshit <laughs> analytics. He lied to get a job. He lied to get an NFL head coaching job. This guy didn't study a goddamn thing about analytics in his barn where he's I don't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> Do you remember um, the story? He, he said that no. he rebuilt him. Okay, so when he was applying or when he was getting interviewed for the Dallas head coaching job, he said that he reorganized his entire barn in Green Bay to make it so analytic friendly. He had whiteboards all over the place. He was bringing in people to do like this advanced math analytics and show them like what these computer programs could do. He was going back and watching. He said he watched every game that the Cowboys had. The year before, it was breaking down what good and bad coaching decisions were happening, what bad and offensive play calls they had. He didn't do any of this. He admitted so in his first press, 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 press conference. He went back and said, well, I didn't actually watch every game. And you can see Jerry gives him like a death stare. He's like, I hired this dumb motherfucker. God damn it. So <laughs> fuck Mike McCarthy. Oh, man. Yeah. Kellen Moore for head coach week six. No, it's going to be Quinn. Oh, When's their bye? When's their bye? Do we know that yet? Uh, of course we do. But do we know it now? Yes, week nine. Okay. Kellen Moore, head coach by week nine? Yeah, and Lincoln Riley, head coach by week 18. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Sean Payton, right? Oh, Sean, Sean oh, Payton's probably the right answer, but selfishly I needed Lincoln Riley to get the hell out of L.A., so I hope it's him. Wow. <laughs> that's That's spicy hot, too. Oh, my God. That's awesome. All right, that's all I got. 
But all right, <laughs> Dave, why don't you why don't you close out the show? All right. Uh, so real quick, just to, this isn't my main hot take, but to piggyback off your Dallas hot take, I think that uh, C.D. Lamb is not a wide receiver one this year. What? He's actually ranked number thirteen in my rankings, and that is where he will he will go no higher at all until he he proves that. Uh, you know, he could be the top guy without. Will he still lead the team in, in receptions? Yeah, because who else is going to lead the team in receptions? Noah Jaylen Brown. Jalen Tolbert, offensive no, rookie of the year, Jaylen plus Tolbert, 1,400. Jalen Tolbert is not looking that good in, in camp. He might be a bum. So, so you know, it, it's either going to be him or Dalton Schultz. See me for Hoko. <laughs> oh, yeah, there yeah, you go. But, but that, that's not my main hot. That's just something I wanted to pile on Dallas because I hate Dallas. Okay. Uh, so my main hot take is that A.J. Dillon is going to outscore – Aaron Jones this year and be a running back one. And we talking PPR because I think Jones is he might lead we, the team in catches. We we are talking PPR. Yes, I, I think Jones leads the team in catches. To be honest, I think Full he's PPR their wide receiver one. PPR. Um, PPR both. Let's go both. Both. <laughs> both. Both. Throw it in he, there. He beats it in both. He. I. I agree that no. I. I agree with you, Jeff. I think that well, Aaron I have a. Jones. I have a bet for you then. I have a okay. great bet for you then. Maybe All we're right. going to have to make this a dance special. AJ Dillon over five and a half rushing touchdowns. Over. Oh, easy. I, I like Way the over. over on that. Okay. Over. over over six and a half. Over. Over seven and yeah. a half. Over. Yeah, I'd say he over. gets like eight or nine. Okay. Well, the, the number that you can get at some places is five and a half. Some places are six and a half. Damn, so yeah. you can get alt lines up to, if you wanted a nine and a half, you'd probably get like a plus 400 on that thing. Yeah. Wow. I do, that. I do that. Absolutely over five and a half. I even do I would do over seven and a half, honestly. If five and a half, I would I would be absolutely on that absolutely lock. Mm-hmm. Lock right, for that. Well, I I know what's a place for you guys in Vegas. That'll be your, your fourth quarter <laughs> bonus. It'll be that AJ Dillon check coming in. <laughs> uh, no, but, <laughs> no, but I I agree with Trevor. I think that Aaron Jones is gonna get a lot of a lot of targets. Uh, this year because the receiver uh, core is a big question mark all around. But I just think that Aaron, uh, that AJ Dillon is going to get a bunch of carries, a bunch of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. He's going to get some receiving work for himself. So I just think uh, all encompassing, I think that he will, it'll be close. I'm not saying that, that Aaron Jones isn't going to be like a, like a bomb or something like that. I think Aaron Jones is going to be really a good running back as well. I just think that AJ Dillon is going to be a better one uh, this year. I think he, you know, takes the job, the running back one job around week eight, uh, Aaron Jones becomes like the the passing uh, down back, the third down back, and uh, he runs with it for the rest of the year and gets uh, gets that top twelve finish for me. Wow! So, so do you you have you have Dylan as a top twenty running back then in drafting? Yes. Right now. Yep. Would you, would you take him ahead of Ramondre? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Would, would you take him ahead of Zeke? Yep. Oh, now that's that's hot right there. I mean, no, I'm no. looking at his rankings right now. He has AJ 19, he has Zeke 21. Okay. All I right. have him over Zeke, over Paul, over Montgomery, over Stevenson, over Akers, over Gibson. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, seems, that seems legit. Mm-hmm. Who do you have ahead of Dylan? Uh, ahead of Dylan, right? Ahead of Dylan would be uh, ETN, Dobbins, Swift, Devontae Williams. Oh, Dobbins, no. Uh,. Yeah, Dobbins. It depends on health. I could do a whole uh, episode on on yeah. JK Dobbins. But those are those are the guys oh, that yeah, immediately, yeah. immediately immediately above him right now. Gotcha. Okay. But I, I think I think that you, like you make a great point. Aaron Jones is going to be a, a great you know passing down back for for the Packers. Going to be the safety outlet for Aaron Rodgers. But I just think that uh, overall in totality that uh, AJ Dillon is going to have a better season. 
All right. Overall. That's, I mean, it's, it's hot. It's, it's not, uh, you know, that's not the norm. So I would, uh, I would definitely call that hot. Um, yeah. I'm, I don't necessarily agree with it. Cause I think Jones will have a fairly, really strong season and mm-hmm. stronger than Dylan, but I, I see where, where you're going with Jeff. This. Where would you take Jones this year? Uh, probably like maybe right after Mixon ish around the four net, probably oh, before four net, but maybe af- no, probably after four net after Barkley right around in that range. That second, I'm round. just looking at Dan's, I'm just looking at Dan's rating and the guys that you said the range there was from five to 15. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a very wide range. It is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I have four net 15. So, I so running, back, running back 15. Well, yeah, because he ate his way through Louisiana. He should yep. be lower. <laughs> yeah. He probably should. I think Fournette will be okay. The question, though, is the, is the Bucks' offensive line now with three people hurt, Brady coming back. He's going to – that's going to be rough for him, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rashad White, RB1, Tampa Bay. Also, Tampa Bay to have the worst record in the NFL, plus 10,000. Whoa! Worst record. Brady it's, retires after week one. Is that what happens? Brady, yeah, he's like, I'm done with this guy. How many times? How many times have I told you guys this season that Brady is not making it yeah. through the year? He's going to no. get injured. That offensive line is going to kill him. And if he's out, and it's Blaine fucking Gabbard and, and Kyle Trask, they have a chance to be the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, at that point they probably just pack it up and and, just and that would be the worst division on. in the NFL by far. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That division I just, already. I, is... I, I think there's I think there's a, a slight chance that it might happen. And for uh, I actually I don't even know if it's plus ten thousand, but it's a big number. Uh, worth a little sprinkle. Is yeah. there something else that's not maybe as hot of a bet as that? Like something I mean, like uh, doesn't win the division? Yeah, something reasonable. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You could take the Buccaneers under eleven and a half wins. That's like not Brady can play the entire season. They could go under that. So. Yeah, right. yeah, you could you could do something reasonable. Uh, have you ever met but me? I don't think things that's not how, what the show's about. This is not. I guess it depends takes on what... and pancakes. It's hot takes. <laughs> Betting takes is as my uh, whole my out. whole life is hot takes and pancakes. I live by that motto. <laughs> Jason just he lives it. He's going with the field in the <laughs> NFC South. That yeah, I mean, if the Bucks are out, I mean, I would take the Saints, but the Saints can win the division at like nine and eight. I don't trust Baker eight winning the division and. As much as I love Marcus, I don't think the Falcons are coming close to winning division either. How many games does CMC play this year? He plays uh, fourteen games, and only because he he sits for the uh, the others. Yes, come on, hit, come on, McCaffrey. I think, I think he has more weekends hanging out with uh, Olivia Copo in the Bahamas than he does playing in the NFL this year. Oh. Come on. Now that's you're you're willing that to happen. You're just willing that to happen. Have some faith. The guy's one of the most well conditioned athletes that that we've seen. And and about as fragile as a fucking wine glass. Well, I mean, he's he's not glass Joe, okay, but I mean I, I do think that maybe he's it's actually his his style of working out might be too much for his body load or you know his muscle strength mm-hmm. he plays he's, he plays under 10 know. games it's weird it's I, I, I think he surprises people the only i don't think he misses a game due to injury all right so what? jeff is is he worth the 102 after taylor in redraft because that's where you have to take him uh no i would take jefferson second yeah 
Where, 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 where would you take him? Uh, probably if Jefferson was gone, third or fourth. If we're, third? of course, we're, we're yeah, talking like, uh, we're talking like, um, you know, one quarterback leagues here, right? Yeah. Yeah. One quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would probably, I mean, if I'm third, chances are Jefferson's not going second, but it's possible. Um, if I'm fourth, fifth, sixth, if, if McCaffrey's there, I'm, I'm taking him. I took him fourth in the FSGA draft. Somehow he fell to me. The top three was uh, JT, mm-hmm. Eckler, uh, Najee. Not taking him, I'm okay with that too. I, But I do think that he's going to rebound this year. I mean, yeah. I like the shot. Every time he plays, he puts up 30 fantasy points a game. So I get it. But <laughs> yeah. I just, he just needs to play to get yeah. to get those points. That's it. Stay away from injury, Christian. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of Hot Takes and Pancakes. We had some some pretty hot takes uh, this week. Uh, Jason, you want to tell everyone what's going on at uh, Champions Round? Yeah, so uh, Daily Dozen every day. Uh, use a first deposit bonus. If you've never played with us before, use the code Daily Dozen. Uh, that locks at 4 p.m. Pacific, usually every day around then. Uh, we have a new fantasy game mode coming out before the season, which is going to be awesome. Your draft guide is available. You can go to our Twitter to download that, and we'll have more links throughout the week to go do that. 7-6 contest, we have a college football week zero contest. We're going to do one every week for college football, every week for the NFL, and then other big events that happen during the course of the year. I think that pretty much covers it. Uh, Follow all of our socials, and uh, yeah, let's win some bets. Yeah, all right. All right, well, have a good rest of your week. Enjoy the uh, last week of preseason games and cut day coming up next week, and we'll uh, talk to you soon. See you guys.